0: This episode is brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. The Raven Up Podcast is back for another episode as we roll into week four of the NFL season. That's crazy, week four already. I just have to say, this is the best time of the year. We have football on, the weather starting to get a little cooler. Life is good. Life is good. Especially if you're a Ravens fan. We all know what happened last week. Justin Tucker, NFL record, 66-yard, game-winning field goal. The Ravens are sitting at 2-1, headed to Denver to face the undefeated Broncos. Undefeated Broncos, 3-0. Yes, they've played the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Jets, who are combined 0-9, but they are 3-0, and 0, so it's going to be a big game Sunday, and on our episode this week, we do our first interview, have someone else come onto the podcast. My good friend, Scotty Schaefer, big Broncos fan, very knowledgeable, comes on the pod, we'll play it for you here in just a minute, and we get into a little bit of a preview. We talk about how the Broncos have looked so far, how their offense and Teddy Bridgewater's looked, their defense, how they plan to stop Lamar Jackson. Some good conversation. And then later on, I'll give a couple takeaways I have and a couple thoughts leading up to the game versus the Broncos. So thanks for listening to another episode of the Raven Up podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Raven Up Pod, and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Let's get into the interview with Scotty Schaefer. All right, we are back on the Raven Up podcast, and I am happy to bring you the first interview ever on the Raven Up pod. It's with a good friend of mine, Scotty Schaefer. Scotty is a a big Broncos fan, so I wanted to have him on to talk a little bit about the Broncos' start so far and talk about what this matchup will entail. So, Scotty, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for coming on the pod, man.
1: Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's an Uh, honor.
0: Of course, man. So... The Broncos, they are, they're 3-0. They've beaten the the Giants, they've beaten the Jets, and they've beaten the Jaguars. Not oh, yeah. in that order. Talk to me about the Broncos' start. Um, they're undefeated. They haven't played very good teams. Are the Broncos for real? Is this kind of like where you expected them to be? Just talk to me about the general thoughts so far on the start of the season.
1: Yeah, so uh, to answer your question, I do think the Broncos' start for real. Um, you know, their combined opponents are 0-9, and 9, so, you know, that's not, super, uh, that's not super great from an outsider's perspective. But when I looked at this schedule, when they released it back in the spring, uh, I had pretty good hope that they were going to win these first three games. Um, I thought the Giants was going to be their toughest game, and it's turned out to be that way so far. As a Broncos fan, probably the, the most encouraging thing is to see the, the offense moving the ball. Everyone knew um, that Denver was going to have a pretty good defense. And so, but, you know, coming into the season, you weren't sure who was going to start the quarterback battle between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. You know, the, the kind of the consensus was you had one camp, which was Teddy Bridgewater, you know, has done pretty well. He was okay. in Carolina, he did some really good things in you know, New Orleans, but, Um, he's not going to throw the ball down the field. And Drew Locke, on the other hand, is going to launch the ball. He's got a great arm, but he's inaccurate, takes a lot of sacks, takes a lot of risky um, maneuvers. And so it's just been really good to see them perform on offense and to keep the defense, you know, kind of rolling in that way. Uh, But really this upcoming game against the Ravens is going to be the litmus test. This right here is going to be, you know, how for real are they? I think right now they're a playoff contender, especially with the, you know, added seating. This year, but uh, maybe you know five to seven range, depending. I don't think they're going to win the division, not in that division. Yeah. But yeah, I think they're for. I I think I think they're for real right now. They've got two tough games ahead of them. Um, uh, depending on how they do Sunday against the Ravens, I'll have a really good idea on how they think they'll do against the Steelers. Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: I'd agree. I definitely think the Broncos at this time, you have to take them serious. They're 3-0. and Yes, they've beaten some bad yeah. teams, but they look pretty good. Teddy's looked good. So let's start there with uh, with Bridgewater and the offense, as you said, coming into the season, didn't really know. Teddy, Drew Locke, who would be the starter? Um, sure. how, how has Teddy looked so far? Again, he hasn't played the best defenses, but just looking at his numbers, I don't think he's thrown an interception all year. He's, he's racking up some yards. So how has the offense looked with Teddy at quarterback and then talk to me about who's he throwing to, there's been some injuries at wide receiver. So one, how, how have you been impressed with Teddy so far? And two, what's the, what's the situation looking like with his weapons and his wide receivers?
1: Yeah, um, man, I couldn't be happier with how Teddy's playing right now. Uh, Five touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, he's got, uh, I was just looking up for the podcast, his um, yards per attempt. I think he's in the top five. It's the highest highest of his career, uh, 8.7 8. yards per attempt. Only Russell Wilson, you know, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, and Tyrod Taylor are ahead of them. So, you know, for this year, you know, Russ is going to launch the ball, and we all know Matthew Stafford's got a great arm. And so that's really great. And, you, you know, couple that with the fact that his completion percentage – is extremely high. Um, he looks, you know, tremendous. If he was, if he had a really, you know, low yards per attempt and had great, you know, completion percentage, I would say, you know, little dump off passes and, you know, little things like that. Then that's not mm-hmm. as exciting. But as a Broncos fan who's seen a really stagnant offense right. ever since, you know, um, since the Super Bowl season, the fact that they're launching the ball down the field and they're making completions and, you know, they are scoring touchdowns is is really encouraging, and I think Teddy looks really good, man. He's not, he's not making stupid decisions. He looks really calm, cool, collected in the pocket. Um, he's able to roll out really well on the bootlegs, and uh, you know, even extend those plays. Uh, he's rushed for a couple first downs. You know, he's no, he's no chump when it comes to using his legs, and uh, he's just looked really good. I hope I don't jinx him. <laughs> I hope Oway doesn't land on his ankle too long on Sunday.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good. Yeah, I feel like from an outsider's perspective, the Broncos have had a bit of a revolving door at quarterback. Are absolutely. Ravens fans are happy to see Joe Flacco go out there for a year or two, but I know <laughs> I know Flacco didn't obviously perform too well and it was Drew Lock for, sure. for you know, here and there, but yeah, it seems like yeah. Teddy's been able to kind of give them some stability at the quarterback position which goes a long way when you have a really good defense like the Broncos do. But real quick, talk to me about the wide receivers, who, who's hurt, who's going to be playing on Sunday. I think there's been what, two main injuries, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Hamler his ACL on Sunday and, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty disappointing. He had a really good, um, he had a really good drop pass. If you can say that, (laughs) uh, and uh the Ravens Ravens know
0: a thing or two about drop passes after watching Hollywood Hollywood last week but (laughs) keep going
1: but yeah so you know there's this that's the speed right there really I mean you know KJ's a super fast dude and so that's a bummer and then obviously in the first game uh, Jerry Judy goes out uh, after I think seven catches and uh, it looked like a terrible terrible injury but it's just a high ankle sprain and He's on the IR right now, but because of the NFL it's only uh, COVID season's so IR is like three weeks. So uh, I think he's going to be coming back here in a few weeks. So in the in the interim right now, you got Cortland Sutton who tore his ACL last year mm-hmm. and picked up right where he left off in uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. And so you got Cortland Sutton on the outside. And you're going to have Tim Patrick, who's an undrafted guy who has kind of bounced around a lot of teams. He actually was on the Ravens for a little while. John Harbaugh has a lot of good things to say about him big dudes they're both uh six four i think yeah i think tim's six four maybe six five but yeah super i mean when you throw the ball to him he he catches it i mean like he's great with contested catches especially on sunday yeah. um he looked really well and then you know they just signed david moore who you know played for the uh the seahawks for a little while yeah uh, he's a good player and he just signed him off the raiders practice squad and then you've got the other pass catchers, you're gonna have uh three really big tight ends. You got Noah right. Fant, who's a first round pick, a lot of speed there, and then Albert O, Albert Oak Uh he's a big guy too, and he he was utilized pretty well in the first game. And another guy named Eric Saubert. I think all those guys are like six four, six five. I saw something earlier too, that the um, you know, it's height doesn't always mean everything, but um something about the Ravens secondary secondary. I think everyone's about six foot it's yeah. the highest, and then all these, most of these pass catchers are going to be about 6'5", so that's going to be really interesting to see, um, because I do think Denver is going to roll out with a lot of uh, two tight end sets, especially with KJ being out, um, they're going to run the ball a lot. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, that will be interesting to see, especially, like you said, the Ravens secondary, obviously Ravens are pretty confident in Marlon Humphrey, but then after Marlon with Absolutely. some injuries to Marcus Peters and some other guys, it's... A few more question marks than you'd like. Tavon Young has bounced around, come back from injury, but obviously Tavon's more in the slot. He's a smaller guy. Anthony Averitt's played pretty well. Um, He's actually, yeah, I'd say he's played really well so far. But then you have Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith came back from injury. He would be, I I would say it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be an interesting game for Jimmy Smith because like you said, because of those physical wide receivers and tight ends on the Broncos, all being 6'4 or higher, Jimmy's a little yeah. bit of a bigger cornerback than the Ravens have used on tight ends in the past. Last week was the first week he came back from – he had like an ankle injury in training camp. Last week was his first week. I think he only played, I don't know, 20 snaps or so. So it'll be interesting to see if he's feeling – if the Ravens are trusting him to play a little bit more to match up against some of those bigger uh, Bronco wide receivers and tight ends. But, okay, this is uh, – Feel pretty good about the offense here. Um, real quick, before we shift to the defense, talk to me about the Broncos running backs. I think they've had a little bit of a committee so far. Have sure. a rookie in there. Melvin Gordon's around. How the running backs look? Just real quick before we get to the defense.
1: Yeah, running backs look decent. I mean, the yards per carry is nothing to be you know, super excited about. I think it's about – I think the team's rushing for about four yards per carry. Denver traded up in the second round to get Javante um, Williams out of UNC – and uh, I think he led oh, – I can't remember. Um, led college football last year, I want to say, in uh, broken tackles. And so, wow. dude's got thick thighs, <laughs> and uh, he just keeps on – and you'll see that in highlight tapes just this season. I mean, usually first, first guy who hits him, he doesn't go down. Um, but his yards per carry last game actually weren't super great. And so – and they got Melvin Gordon, you know, former uh, pro bowler for the Los Angeles Chargers now. Yeah. and I I was actually – you know, I thought Melvin was going to do decent, but, I mean, the first game against the Giants, he pulls off like a 70-yard right. run, yeah. Yeah. and uh, he's not, you know, racing against some pretty slow guys. They've got some fast guys on that secondary out there. So Melvin's looked decent. Um, they haven't been, you know, throwing the ball a whole lot to to the running backs. I think that's just the game script as of right now. Yeah. But, yeah, the running backs, I expect them to – be using them pretty frequently. Uh, Teddy's done really well in play action and utilizing that this year. So they're going to have to try and run the ball up that Ravens D line. And I don't know, Calais Campbell might say not today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll Brandon.
0: be, yeah, yeah. That'll be a really big, I think, uh, that'll have a huge impact. The Broncos running game versus the Ravens defensive line. The Ravens got some key guys back at practice this week. They dealt with some COVID stuff last week. I think it was Jalen Ferguson. Um, Brandon Williams, nose tackle, Justin BK, Justin Houston, all those guys missed last week and are returning to practice this week. So Ravens will be hoping that those guys can step up in their return and make the Broncos a little bit more one dimensional. But if, if the Broncos are able to run the ball, Teddy's able to make the Ravens pay on those play action passes. I think it could be a long day potentially for the Ravens defense, but Sure. Some good insight there for sure. Talk to me about the Broncos' defense. So far, they are ranked as the second best defense in terms of yardage in the NFL. I think they're giving up around 220 yards per game so far. Again, they have played some really good quarterbacks. You know, Danny Dimes, <laughs> uh, Zach awesome. Wilson, and uh Trevor Lawrence. There, no, but all joking aside, they—if you're doing something right—if you're only giving up 220 yards per game. Overall, sure. how have how have they looked again against some bad quarterbacks? But what is your what's your early impression on the Broncos' defense?
1: Man, I mean, we'll start with the secondary right now. Um, secondaries looked awesome. You know, uh, there's no other way about it. You got Justin Simmons; he's one of the highest-paid safeties in the NFL. Um, he just signed a major contract this year. He's from Boston College, and so uh, he's been playing at a super high level for. Quite some time, and then you've got you know Kyle Fuller who came over from uh, the Bears uh, this last year, and as well as Bryce Callahan who came over from the Bears a couple of years ago as well. And so, couple that in with Vic Fangio, who you know was a defensive coordinator over in Chicago before he became Denver's head coach. You have some kind of cool continuity there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Denver's Denver's you know number one overall in red zone defense. Uh, but it's going to be – they're going to be tested, I think, pretty decently because – correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Baltimore's three in uh, red zone offense. Yeah, from I know
0: they, they were 100% going into Detroit. I think they settled for a field goal or two versus the Lions. But, yeah, they've been incredibly efficient so far.
1: Yeah, and so on the other side of the, of the secondary, you've got uh, Pat Sertain, who played at Alabama. He's been doing really well um, this season. And then you know on the D line, of course you've got Hall of Famer Von Miller, and then opposing I'm, I'm to him you've got Malik Reed. So Bradley Chubb, uh, who yeah. we were all really hoping to stay healthy, he struggled with health in his NFL career. Um, he's out right now. He is going to come back probably mid-season, but um, Malik Reed's been picking up the slack for him right now. And then on the interior line you've got you know Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell, um, Draymond Jones, Jonathan Cooper. Those guys are all pretty solid. And um, Alexander Johnson at linebacker has been pretty decent. Um, Bronco's kind of, you know, been utilizing him more recently with uh, Josie Jewell, who uh, was looking tremendous this year, was the other starting linebacker. I think he – I want to say he tore his pec uh, against the Jags. Yeah, on a special teams play. Hmm. And so he's out for the season. So it's going to be really interesting if Denver can stop, um, you know, the Ravens interior rushing attack yeah I think you know and Alexander Johnson he's hasn't been terrible in pass coverage but it's not a specialty right so that'll be really interesting across the middle of the field you know well, I'd like to see what kind of I mean I don't really want to see it but we're going to see some you know probably some mismatches there if they mm-hmm. can get him on like you know Mark Andrews or something like that yeah so. sure
0: sure so let's give you some Power here. Let's say Scotty Schaefer is the defensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos. Oh, your task to slow down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense. So we don't need we don't need a specific game plan, X's and O's, but sure. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to take the Ravens? Are you trying to stop the run? Are you going to sell out and try to contain Lamar and maybe try to have guys like Latavius Murray and Tyson Williams, guys who shouldn't even be starting or seeing many carries right now? Would you rather have them lead sure. you or are you going to try to weigh? Tried to take away Mark Andrews, who you just mentioned, maybe Sammy Watkins. What's your – just kind of like an overview. What do you think the Broncos need to do to slow down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' offense come Sunday?
1: Well, I think – yeah, slow, it's, it's going to be slowing them down because Lamar is going to Lamar. He's going to be inevitable. Yeah. Uh, I saw that he has the longest active streak in the NFL for scoring either a passing touchdown or a rushing touchdown. I think it's 39 yeah. straight games.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. So
1: – you're not going to shut down Lamar, you know? And I think he had, I mean, I got him on my fantasy squad, so I've been paying attention okay. a lot, but, right. uh, he, uh, I think he would had 58 rushing yards last week for seven yeah. attempts. And yep. so, man, I mean, I'm under the contention that Lamar is way more than a running back and an extremely good quarterback. And unfortunately the pass catching is just not always worked in his favor and he's still growing just like sure. anyone else. But, um, I think the best thing if possible is going to be to try to keep him in the pocket and contain him as much. I would say, try to keep him to run up the middle if possible, instead of letting him kind of go left or right. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, again, the, the jets, the Jags and the giants, you know, they've got some good receivers, but I think the Ravens are one of the fastest teams in the NFL. I mean, same samey still got speed Hollywood's got speed yeah. Duvernay's no slouch and so this is going to be a real test on the secondary um on if they can contain these guys and you know Lamar can launch that ball so yeah I, I'm curious man I'm <laughs> I really I don't know I really don't know I don't know I've watched all the Ravens game this year and I I I don't know really how you contain Lamar you know yeah. super well so
0: yeah, I'll tell uh, you what, the Lions the Lions did a pretty good job of containing the Mar. Yeah. I think you, you just said it, but I think Surprising. Was, yeah, 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 it is. Surprising. I think he had I think he had like seven, it was only seven, maybe eight carries for yeah, like 50 some yards, but they did a yeah. pretty good job. Their defensive ends really um kind of kind of set themselves out wide and just made sure that the Mar wasn't gonna run east to west. And if he was gonna run anywhere, yeah. it'd be up the middle. But um, sure. they had a pretty good game plan against the Mar. So it'll it will be interesting, you know, obviously. When Lamar ever has a quiet game, the whole NFL is like, "Oh, is that the game plan? Is that a <laughs> the NFL is such a copycat yeah. league where it's like, is that what the Broncos are going to do this week?" So it will be interesting Absolutely. to see. One major, um, you could say this about like probably any game, but for me, I think this game is totally going to be won in the trenches. So the Broncos' offensive line, I feel like for the past few years, has it's been kind of shaky. Um, yeah. How's how's the offensive line looking? Just real quick, overall. Are they, have they been similar to years past or have they been protecting Teddy? What, what do you say about the offensive line?
1: O line's given up seven sacks this year. Um, okay. so what, that's a little bit over two and a half sacks per game, I guess mm-hmm. so far. I'll take that for sure. Um, and, uh, that's a concern actually for this game. You got Lloyd Cushenberry, second year player out of LSU at center. And I don't know if Broncos fans are particularly excited. I think people thought he was going to kind of make a, a bigger leap so far uh, this year. He's been okay, hasn't been terrible. Uh, and on opposing sides from him, you've got Graham Glasgow and rookie Quinn Miners, and they both didn't practice today. And it's looking, it's training in the direction they both might not practice um, the rest of the week. They might not play. And so, that's something on the offensive side of the ball that, I mean, I know the Ravens have struggled a little bit in the secondary. I, I, they're going to get it together. I truly, I mean, Marlon Humphrey is a tremendous quarterback. I mean, quarterback. So yeah. uh, that's what scares me. I feel like for the Ravens, this is, mm-hmm. might be their get-together game on defense. And that's yeah. what's scary to me because that center O-line, um, I remember a couple podcasts ago you were talking about how good Patrick Queen is on those delayed blitzes. And, dude, I mean, that might be an issue you know right there now i mean garrett bowles at left tackle um it's been pretty solid so far yeah and the guys that might set up uh, step up for quinn and graham are decent they're going to be you know pushed i think uh but you know when it comes to the rushing game it's going to be really interesting i i think that uh between javante and melvin um I mean, guys like if Brandon Williams plays, right, yeah. and then if Kaleas, uh, dude, those guys are those guys are those guys are ballers. So they might be able to just, especially with the weakness on the center O line, that might be yeah. probably one of the catalysts for the Ravens. I, th- I think both teams are going to be trying to play bully ball. Yep. You're right; it's just, it's going to be in yeah. the trenches. They're going to be trying to run the ball, set so play action, and then probably you know you and I have in the last five years we've seen you've seen more productive offensive years hmm. from the Ravens and I've seen from the Broncos, but many times we've talked about yeah. our, we've lamented about the struggles offensively about our teams. And it seems like, you know, Justin Tucker and Brandon McManus have been the MVPs almost every year, especially this, I mean, you know, this year for the Ravens. <laughs> for and sure. so I, I've, you know, it, it could be a really, you know, low scoring game. I know the, the over under is 44 and a half right now. Wow. And um i know denver is uh their favorites by by one point yeah and so um man i it's it's going to be i think really close and i'm going to be so pissed if justin tucker kicks a 70 (laughs) yarder because he's 5,000 feet in the air you know someone
0: someone asked john harbaugh this week i think uh he he said "Hey, hey hey john Justin just kicked a 66-yard field goal in Detroit. Heading out to Denver, like you just said, mile <laughs> high, that thin air. Yep. Is he is he good from 70? And he didn't give an answer. But I would love to see. Like I feel like you see all those pre-game videos with Patrick Mahomes like launching a football like 80, 90 yeah. yards in the air or something like that. I yeah. would love to see what it could take. Like you, if the Ravens get to midfield, like the 50-yard line, and there's three seconds left, bring out Tucker yep. because he'll probably drill it. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So no, I'm in. I'm in full agreement. I think it's going to be a really close game. Uh, really, I see it as a toss up. Like you said, the trenches, that's what's—that's what it's going to come down to. If the Ravens can pound the rock and rush for 200 yards a game like they so often have done over the past few years, I think it's going to be hard yeah. for the Broncos to find a yeah. way to win the game. But on the, on the other side of the ball, if the Broncos can get their run game going and Teddy looks comfortable in the pocket. The Ravens have had a hard time getting to the passer. They have like maybe six, seven sacks on the year, so they haven't yeah. necessarily affected the quarterback too much. So, really excited for this game. Can see it going either way. You've been um, very knowledgeable about the Broncos. So, to close it out, what's your prediction? Give me, a, give me a score prediction. What do you, what are you thinking? Come Sunday, four twenty-five game, right? four twenty-five. So it's a later game. Um, what's, yeah. What are, your, what are your thoughts?
1: Wow. Uh, I think it goes over. I do. Um, if the Ravens can put all their pieces together, especially on defense and, uh, Sammy gets more involved and Hollywood becomes more consistent. Not that he's inconsistent. He just wasn't super consistent in big moments last week. Um, I think the Ravens have a really good chance. Hmm. I think they have a really good chance. Um,
0: All right, but I am going to go. Yeah, give me a score I'm here. Gonna
1: go, I'm going to go 23-20 Denver. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really close game, and I think it's going to be uh, in and out the whole time. And I think you and I are going to be texting each other the whole time <laughs> figuring it out, what's going on. And yeah. so.
0: Yeah, no, I could see yeah. it going either way. I think like, and, I could I just have just as easily said 23-20 Ravens and – it That that would be my prediction, and I could see it going either way. But any last thoughts?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, just to say, like, for Ravens fans, um, even if they lost to Denver this game, I mean, mile high is no joke. Uh, yeah. Power field at mile high is no joke. And uh, Denver hasn't been 3-0 since – oh, man, I want to say 2015, but it might have been – they started up hot in 2016 too. And right. so – it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough home atmosphere but even if you lose to the Ravens I mean even if you lose to the Broncos in this game you're two and two and you faced um potentially three playoff teams yeah. you know three eight of four teams so uh I think it's not an indictment on the Ravens production it's more of a you know it's more of a kind of silver lining for the Broncos and it's more of a yeah you know, they're actually a legitimate team. And so yeah. that's just, that's just what I think now at Denver goes out there and <laughs> Teddy throws, you know, two picks and they run, they can't average three yards per carry and, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a rough game.
0: Yeah. But, I've been saying all along, the Ravens are, they are a work in progress. They, the team yeah. that they are now is potentially has the potential to be a totally different team. Come December, you have potentially sure. guys like Ronnie Stanley, Rashad Bateman, yeah, sure. Miles Boykin, uh, Derek Wolf, all potentially coming back. So the Ravens are a work in progress. If they go out to Denver, play a tough game, play pretty well, and end up losing, it's not the worst thing in the world. Obviously, you want to win, but you you make a good point. The Raiders are looking like a potential playoff team, possibly. If they're 3-0. They look really good. Every Everyone would expect the Chiefs to obviously make the playoffs. And then
1: yeah. Denver,
0: good chance for Denver to make the playoffs, obviously starting 3-0. So it'll be interesting to see. But, Scotty, appreciate you coming on. You've been very knowledgeable. Let's go Ravens. I think I can – let's go Ravens. Uh,
1: Go Broncos. (laughs) All right, Scotty, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a good one.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Scotty. It was really fun to talk with him about the Broncos and their start to the season. I don't know a ton about the Broncos, so obviously it was great to talk to Scotty and hear his perspective on their start. Hear how their offense has been performing. Hear how Teddy Bridgewater's doing, their defense, their secondary. They're playing really well. So, as we said, it'll be a great game on Sunday. I'm very much looking forward to it. And it's going to be a big game for the Ravens. Three and one is a lot different than two and two. Again, as we talked about in the interview, yes, the Broncos are a good team. And yes, the Ravens have some things working against them. And yes, if they do go to Denver and lose and play well, it's not the end of the world. But with that being said, Getting to 3-1 and one on the season would feel really nice, especially beating another quality team. Then just looking ahead, the Ravens come home to play the Colts, and then I believe it's the Bengals before their bye. So they have a chance here to stack some wins. But just real quick, I wanted to get to a couple points before we wrap up the episode. And it's funny that Scotty and I actually hit on this because this is the point I wanted to make. But Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, those are some big receivers Big receivers. They're all six foot four, taller. They're all really athletic, physical receivers. The Ravens in their secondary, they're going to need to be on their A game. As I said, we all feel confident about Marlon Humphrey, but the rest of the defense and the secondary, we have some question marks. Chuck Clark, I will say, has played really well. He was all over the field on Sunday. He played really well. Deshaun Elliott, on the other hand, has played well when he's been in there, but he's been dealing with some injuries. Not sure if he is going to even play. Jimmy Smith, I talked about him being your next factor. If Jimmy is healthy enough to play 60 to 70% of the snaps and play at a high level, that's a big win for the Ravens. He's matched up on tight ends in the past, and if he's able to play at a high level consistently for a decent amount of the game, that'll be huge for the Ravens because they're going to need all the help they can get against some very physical wide receivers. And then another part, defensively, another key for me, the running defense, the rushing defense. They've mainly held up pretty well so far, even in Detroit without Brandon Williams, Justin Houston, and Justin Matabike. They held the Lions running game in check for the most part. Getting those guys back this week is crucial. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to stop Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. Those guys have been running well, as, as Scotty has said. And, if their running game is going, their offense, is its they're going to be on cruise control. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to rely on them to carry the game for them. He's not going to have to be you know, throwing 35, 40 passes. I would say at this point in his career, he is a little bit more of a game manager. We know who he is at this point. So if they're able to run the ball, that, that's just going to play into what the Broncos want to do. But I think the Ravens defense and their running defense will be able to to keep them in check with those guys coming back. Honestly, Brandon Williams, uh, Justin Houston, Justin Matabike, none of those guys had COVID. So it's kind of like they had like a mini buy in a sense. Uh, It was Jalen Ferguson. He was the one who actually tested positive for COVID, never really heard how he's doing or if he um, had some symptoms or anything, but he doesn't play a ton. So I'm not too worried about that, but I bring that up to say Brandon Williams, Justin Houston, Justin Matabike, those guys who's had a week off. So 17-game season, one more game out of this year. Having one game off isn't the worst thing. Those guys are going to come back fresh and ready to go. So getting them back is big, and it's going to um, it's going to play a pretty big role in this game come Sunday. And then on the other side of the ball, let's talk about the offensive line. Scotty and I talked about it, the trenches. I mean, it's huge. and You could probably say that about every game, but Denver – their defense, they had five sacks last week. They racked up five sacks. Lamar was sacked four times himself versus Detroit. The Ravens' offensive line has been pretty inconsistent to start the season. They were brutal, obviously, week one versus the Raiders. In week two against the Chiefs, they actually performed really well. And then week three in Detroit, first half, they were pretty solid, but second half, Lamar didn't have a ton of time to move around. Can the offensive line protect Lamar, give him time to throw, and open up? lanes in the running game huge that's what is going to determine this game i would say number one factor for me so i'll be keeping my eye on the offensive line another player i'll be watching come sunday devin duvernay he called his first touchdown pass last week made a great toe tap nice catch in the back of the end zone he's also looked pretty good at punt returner he does need to hold on to the ball. He cost it up once. I believe it was a penalty. He came back, and then he had a nice return right after. So, need him to hold on to the ball. But he's looked pretty good on a couple punt returns. And as Scotty said, and I kind of see it going this way too, I don't think it's going to be a real high-scoring game. I think he might have the opportunity to return five, six punts even come Sunday. So I would not surprise me at all to see Devin Duverday make a couple game-changing plays, whether it's a pump return. The Ravens also like to get him the ball on some screens and some quick passes. So I'm looking for him on Sunday to make an impact. Also, I just have to throw out there, Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin did return to practice today. I'm recording this Wednesday night. I am not expecting much from those guys. I really wouldn't expect Bateman to play at all. He's been out since I believe it was mid to early August. He is a rookie, so I'm not expecting him to come back. He's going to need some time to ramp up. Miles Boykin is a little bit different because he had suffered a hamstring injury early on in camp, and then he was pretty close to making the active roster come uh, week one. But the Ravens kind of just ran into a roster crunch and needed to put him on IR. So I would say Miles Boykin is ahead of Bateman at this point. If either of them were to be active, I would think it would be Miles Boykin, but we'll see. A lot of Ravens fans I've seen given Miles Boykin a hard time. He has played a lot of snaps his first two years in the league and coming in as a third round pick. Third round picks don't have huge expectations, but I would say that Miles hasn't quite lived up to those expectations. But I'll say this the guy blocks his tail off. He's a massive physical presence at wide receiver in a Ravens offense that does a ton of running. He's a great downfield blocker, he's also a nice red zone threat. He can make a touchdown grab. He's had like three or four of the past two seasons in limited snaps. So I will take that as my wide receiver four. you know, I would say Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, when healthy, are going to be your top three receivers for sure. Throw in Devin DuVernay, James Brochet also made a nice catch on Sunday. But I'll take that from Miles Boykin as a nice downfield physical blocker in a downfield rushing attack and a red zone presence as my wide receiver four or wide receiver five. I will take that. He's been thrown into a larger role the past few years because the Ravens lacked more weapons, but I think he could really um, make a name for himself in this Ravens offense with the spotlight not – so much on him. One last stat I wanted to throw out there. The Ravens have played 46 consecutive games where they've scored at least 14 points, including all 35 games with Greg Roman as offensive coordinator. That marks the second longest streak in NFL history behind the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. They did it 63 straight games. So the Ravens are at 46. They have a little bit more to go to get to New England, 63 straight games. They did it from 2009 to 2013. That's pretty incredible. But I bring that up to say the Ravens offense with Lamar Jackson has consistently put up points. They, they, They put up points. That's what they do. They move the ball. They put up points. So I just thought that was interesting. 46 consecutive games. Baltimore has scored at least 14 points. So, thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. Again, follow us on Twitter. Be sure to subscribe. I got to give my thought. I said it to Scotty. I could see it going 23-20 Ravens. He said 23-20 Broncos. I was thinking earlier today, 26-23 to Ravens win. That's my prediction for this week. Hope you all have a great week. Again, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys either Sunday night or Monday morning. Should have a podcast out with some of my reaction after the game on Sunday. Let's go Ravens.